Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The wait is over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in effect. The NBA Finals are here. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might go to some of these games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything from game spreads, totals to teams, player, coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You are listening to the bird calls on the Armchair All American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search the bird calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bird Calls podcast. If you don't recognize my voice, that's okay. It's been a long time. David Grubb has had the wheel for quite a long time. He's been crushing it. However, today he uh, had some teeth removed, so he is on the bench. He will not be playing in tonight's contest. But don't worry, you guys. Even though I'm going to stutter all over the place, I do have help with me. I've got Elliot Clough. I've got David Fisher. Uh, This is fun, you guys. Uh, Thanks for doing this. It is the night of the NBA draft. The Pelicans had two selections. One of them they exercised. The second one we still don't know what's happening with. So I'm going to start with my friend David because it's age before beauty, Elliot. And I'm just going (laughs) to ask for your reaction. David, uh, the Pelicans are pretty loaded at point guard right now. What was your reaction when they passed on Aaron Neesmith and went for another point guard? Part of me was... Mostly I was still recovering from my disappointment because, (laughs) because Devin Vassell, he continued to fall. And I'm like, man, if he can just make it past San Antonio, if he can just make it past San Antonio. And then of course, if you're hoping for someone and San Antonio is picking ahead of you, San Antonio will pick them because that's why they're one of the smartest teams in the league. But after that, um, the fact that they picked, I mean, it's clear that they did not pick need, right? You look at the Pelicans roster right now, and they have four point guard adjacent guys under contract in Lonzo Ball, um, recently acquired Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, and then Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Now, can Lonzo Ball and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, they can slide down to two relatively easy, um, but... The other two guys are clearly point guards. And of course we expect that, I mean, the Turkey's not cooked yet. There's, there's still more to do. I I would be surprised if all four of those guys are on the roster on opening night, not like completely shocked. It would be like, you know, the, the Patrick Stewart, the, the mild shock. So, um, but then after I got over, Vassell wasn't there. 
and then the Pelicans didn't draft need, you look at the team and you say, they said, our evaluation said, this is the best guy. We're not going to draft need. We're not going to consider anyone on this roster other than Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, a cornerstone. We're going to pick the best guy and we're going to build our team that way. And if you look at it that way, just in a general overarching sense, your team is doing, the Pelicans are doing what you as a fan should hope that they they would do, which is they're trying to maximize, they're, they're swinging for the fences here. And then you watch, you know, the good games of, uh, of Kira Lewis and you see strong shades of, of De'Aaron Fox. Like it, it, it jumps off, off the, off the screen right away. So, and then I, I just tweeted it out. Actually, my final kind of reaction is man, Akira Lewis, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Didi Lozada, Jackson Hayes team in the summer league would have been absolutely incredible. And it's just too <laughs> bad that we won't get that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and apologize. I have done little to no draft research this year. Uh, I, I don't know if it's pronounced Kyra Lewis or Kira Lewis. I know that he's in Tuscaloosa. He's a short drive away and his family is thrilled that they're not going to have to travel too far. But Elliot, I couldn't help but notice uh, a despondent nature from David Fisher. Obviously, the Pelicans wanted a big wing. They wanted a shooter. They wanted somebody who could complement like the three, four, five positions because let's be honest, that's where the Pelicans came up short in 2019, 2020. They had nobody behind Zion. They experimented with Nicola Melli. Uh, Derek Favors missed a large uh, portion of time. And then you're stuck with Jackson Hayes and Jalil Okafor. We were really hoping to, to boost that position in some respect. But instead, you know, we're overloading this position where we've got Bledsoe, Hill, uh, Lonzo Ball, J- J.J. Redick, uh, Josh Hart, a lot of bodies. Even though it was the right pick, Elliot, do you kind of feel disappointed the Pelicans didn't associate the draft with kind of the most desperate need on their roster? Yeah, and you you just kind of have to be. I, I really want to say that that fish hit it on the head. I would have loved to get Devin Vassell here. He is arguably the best team defender in this draft class, arguably the best off-ball defender in this draft class. He's a guy who needs to gain some weight, but he's long. He can shoot the ball. Uh, I, I would have loved adding Vassell. But Pels did get the best player available. I, it's it's Kyra Lewis, by the way. I love Kyra Lewis. Uh, he is a speed demon. He is, I mean, the shades of De'Aaron Fox are there. I mean, you just go onto YouTube and watch a minute of his highlight tape and you're saying to yourself, that's De'Aaron Fox. The quote that I love from, from one of my draft guys, Derek Murray from Babcock Hoops, I just told Fish this off the air, is that Kyra Lewis would have been a top five pick if he had Kentucky across his chest instead of Alabama. And I firmly, firmly believe that. I, I love Lewis. I love the addition. You know, you, you don't love the the Hall absolute, <laughs> basically half the roster of guards that the Pels hold on to right now. It would have been great to get Vassell. It would have been great to get maybe a Kung Wu, you know, given that foot injury. You don't like that on bigs. But um, the, the Pels came away with the best player available. And... You know, Neesmith would have been a good option here too, but Lewis has such such a high ceiling as opposed to Neesmith. You, you had to go Lewis here. 
I'm going to follow up with Elliot before I get back to fish, uh, because I, I want to respond to this, I don't know, gluttony of, of, of backcourt players that the Pelicans have right now. And of course, you want to take the best player available. You're not a playoff team. You need to keep growing. But with that being said, the Pelicans have a lot of decisions still to make, Elliot. Uh, Lonzo's up for an extension. Josh Hart is up for an extension. Uh, you're, you're kind of muddying the water here. And by doing that, uh, you're, you're, you're putting competition in places where you want to feel secure, but now you don't feel secure. So you, you've got somebody who's coming into camp who could be, like you said, that De'Aaron Fox type. That's only going to complicate things because he's going to need to take the ball away from Lonzo Ball, who, let's be frank, like he's strongest in transition. He's strongest running the floor. And you're suggesting that Kyra Lewis might be better at that. Does that make things more complicated? Uh, yeah, this is this is the tough part. This is the question. I, you know, I've been on a good amount of radio shows and podcasts in the last few days, and that's been the question that's been posed, and it's a fair question. And you've got three point guards, arguably four point guards, arguably five point guards on your roster. Somebody has to be traded at some point in time. And I, the way I look at it with the expiring contract, with the fact that now you've got a veteran point guard in Eric Bledsoe, you got veteran, clear veteran, clear young guy coming up, and you can move off that Bledsoe uh, contract here soon. He's only under contract for three more years. The way I see it, I mean, there's too little of a gap between Lonzo and Kyra for the Pels to hold on to Lonzo here. And given the season that he just had, yes, Pels fans and a lot of, NBA fans have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to Lonzo right now because of how putrid he was in the bubble, but his value is probably going to be a little bit higher than it was just because he's fixed more or less fixed that jump shot. He had his best regular season play so far. I, I think you might have to trade Lonzo ball. Okay, we got our hot take. That, that's what I was trying to draw out of you. <laughs> okay, Fish, we're going to go back to you. We've got a 6'3 point guard now. Um, and 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 I've been pretty negative about this just because we're kind of uh, overcrowded at that position. But just in terms of what we've got, Fish, it's just like you said. We've got a powerful guy who's going to set pace. He's going to put pressure on the defense. Uh, even though he's, he's a bit undersized in terms of what we want versatility-wise, he still is electric. He still can light the Smoothie King Center on fire. In terms of upside, what do you see as Kyra Lewis's ceiling? It's high. It's really high because, I mean, you have to realize Kyra Lewis, even though he's a two-year player in college, is younger than most of the guys who are one and done. He's younger than Cole Anthony. Um, he, he doesn't turn 20 until April. So he's an, he was so young, actually, that if he would have wanted to come out last year after his freshman year at Alabama, he was too young. He had to go back to school for another year. He had to do two years in college. So um, like one of the things that I've seen is like his measurements from a 2018 camp when he was 17 years old was he was six foot three with a six foot five or six foot six inch wingspan. When he was 17, he, he's probably bigger than that now. Um, so um, I, I mean, his ceiling, I, I, I lean towards, you know, I lean towards the De'Aaron Fox comparison. De'Aaron Fox isn't substantially bigger than him at this point. He, he's got more weight on his frame. Um, but a lot of that's just the fact that, I mean, at this point, Fox is a lot older than him too. Um, and... I mean, you watch some of the highlight videos that there are of him. He can, he's, he's a 
he's a far better operator in the half court. I'm going to disagree a little bit with Elliot in that I don't think that it is a, a Kira or Lonzo decision that needs to be made right now. Although the Lonzo decision does need to be made probably by the trade deadline. Um, but Lonzo's a, a far bigger guy. He, yes, he, he excels in transition. If, if he gets the rebound or you get the ball to him in transition. But I mean, if you listen to the Stan Van Gundy um, podcast, one of the things Stan Van Gundy was saying was he sees as he was explaining it, it sounds like he sees Lonzo as a good initiator in transition. And then when we get into the half court, he's more of like a three and D basketball player. And Kira Lewis fits with that because Kira Lewis, you know, if the ball gets to him, he can push it in transition. And then if not, he can be the guy who kind of operates as your more pure point guard uh, of the two of those guys in the half court. So I, I think it's not an either or situation yet. Um, and the, the more, the more I think about it, the more I talk myself into it pretty much. Fish, I will not allow you to shoot down Elliot's hot takes. That is what we're here <laughs> for. We're, we're just here to have a good time. It's draft night. We don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, Kevin Berrios is joining us. And in terms of what's going to happen next, I'm, I mean, we still have Eric Bledsoe and George Hill technically on the roster. Of course, this is a proposed trade. It has not been finalized. That's why tonight we thought that something in addition was going to happen. Maybe Bledsoe was going to go to the Clippers or the Hawks. That didn't end up happening Kevin in terms we, we already talked about what happened tonight with Kyra Lewis we're going to talk about RJ Hampton because we do have the details of that trade but in terms of what didn't happen Kevin we were almost sure that one of Bledsoe or Hill was going to be moved tonight and they were not Kevin what does that mean for them going forward do you think they'll be more difficult to move since they weren't moved on draft night 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control but there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Look, there's no need to be coy about it. You deserve to smell fresh and look great in all the right places. And Manscaped is here to help. They've got the Lawnmower 3.0, a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost. The ceramic blade and skin safe technology is designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. It's waterproof, comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They've got the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on. It's a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. You can pluck eyebrows or trim nails in style. There's also the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. There's the Crop Reviver. It's a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front truck. The wait is over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in effect. The NBA Finals are here. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might go to some of these games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything from game spreads, totals to teams, player, coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. 
Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Not necessarily, because, you know, a lot of teams just wanted to see how the draft shook out and then the start of free agency hits and misses, things like that. It will open up other opportunities, you know, maybe not for draft picks, but for players that, you know, fill holes on your team and then these guys fill holes on another team. You know, you could, I mean, with Clay Thompson hurt, I'm sure the Warriors would love to get their hands on George Hill, um, you know, but I don't know what they have to give us. I don't think they want to give us that Minnesota pick, but if they did, as much as I'd like to keep George Hill here, um, that would make sense, you know, stuff like that. Or if you could, you know, the Pelicans still need uh, a big man. So, you know, there could be a trade to be made there to get um, a, a center or, you know, a, a, t- a tweener forward um, because we didn't get one of those guys tonight. Um, and, you know, with the salaries those guys make, that opens up a lot of options, you know, especially, you know, Bledsoe's like around, uh, what, like 17 million. And then, like we said, his last year of his contract is only guaranteed for 4 million. And with all the other um, trade pieces that we, we got from the Drew Holiday trade and then the 24 trade, you can pair that with something and get something nice in return probably you know, sign and trade with somebody, um, you know, maybe we could steal Bogdanovich from, uh, from <laughs> the Bucks now, which would be pretty funny. Um, but we'll see, you know, I'm sure there's definitely something cooking it. I, I think at least to move Bledsoe, I really hope they do keep Hill because I think he would, he's um, that solid veteran role guy that, that we want in that locker room. And also with that, you, you know, KJ expires this year, but Hill is would still be around next year on a great contract, and he shot over you know forty five percent from three last last season. So, you know, we could have that JJ replacement already in the locker room, and they can all sort of share minutes and be in insurance for each other this season as we work everything out. So, I, you know, I definitely think there's more moves to be made to make this short for sure. Now, Kevin, we're going to keep this short. Uh, we're going to grade uh, what everybody thinks of the draft night uh, tonight after we go through the details of the RJ Hampton train. But before we do that, Kevin, I haven't talked to you for a while. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay, man. Yeah, it's been forever since. <laughs> I think we both have now transitioned to new sort of things in our careers, uh, which is exciting and scary probably for both of us. But um, and taking some uh, adjustment, getting adjusted to, but. Um, I'm enjoying it so far, and I hope you are too. Thanks, man. Uh, definitely been a roller coaster up and down. I'm kind of like navigating four different things right now, trying to figure out which one's going to be the best fit, which I'm sure you're doing the same. I, we we really haven't connected, but anyway, we can do that off air. Uh, guys, let's just go through tonight. I'm going to give you the details of what happened with the RJ Hampton trade. Uh, this is from TJ McBride, NBA. Just want to give him a quick shout out. He says, I can confirm that the Denver Nuggets are sending a lottery-protected 2023 first-round pick to the New Orleans Pelicans for the 24th pick, which, of course, is RJ Hampton. The pick is lottery-protected for 2023, 24, and 25. So now you have the details of that trade. Elliot, what is your response to that? Obviously, RJ Hampton uh, would have inserted himself into an overcrowded position. However, that's really great value at the 24th selection. Are you disappointed the Pelicans essentially shipped him out for a future lottery protected pick yeah i mean Jaden mcdaniels was on the board there that's going to be a swing for the fences he's a guy who was a very high recruited athlete coming out of high school and then went to washington and kind of flopped uh he was he was not 
a player that lived up to expectations at the collegiate level and then decided to leave after a year. He's a guy who's a smooth athlete for being that size, uh, can shoot the basketball, a high ceiling player, and he would have been uh, interesting to add. He might have had to be a draft and stash kind of guy or or a G League player in his first few years, but I would have liked to see uh, them, them jump for that in, in this uh, this draft here rather than taking R.J. Hampton and shipping him to Denver. All right, let's go over to Fish. Obviously, it's another point guard. It's not something the Pelicans really needed. But uh, you even mentioned that R.J. Hampton was kind of, as Elliot just prefaced, a swing for the fences type player. Mm-hmm. Did did you want to see the Pelicans experiment with R.J.? Um, I, I wasn't really thinking of it more in terms of the Pelicans should do this, but rather you look at the guys who are left and R.J. Hampton jumps to the top of the, hey, if the Pelicans are are just continuing to, we should pick the best guy available. RJ Hampton, you know, would be one of, you know, the best guys available, depending on how you're evaluating the talent. And in terms of the trade, the Pelicans continue to stockpile assets. I mean, 2023, do we expect that the Denver Nuggets three seasons from now are going to be great? Like they're still going to be, you know, one of the four or five best teams in the league. Um, Probably. I don't, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, three years from now, I think we're going to look back and say that what they did this year was the peak. And then they kind of kept on bumping into that. They're a second round team. If they get a good matchup, maybe they get to the Western conference finals, but they're not, they're not considered a legitimate, like, Oh, they could have actually made the finals. It's like, it, it was, a it was a, the Lakers were in complete control of that series the whole time. So um, I think after the Nuggets do that a couple of years, at, at that point, it comes to everybody in the league is going to start saying, well, um, you know, at that point, Jamal Murray is going to be approaching the end of his second contract and thus unrestricted free agency. Um, same with Jokic. Um, so, and I mean, it's lottery protected. Um, and even if it does, you know, turn over to the 20th or, you know, the 25th or something like that pick, that doesn't necessarily mean the Pelicans ever use it as a pick. I think it's just another, uh, just another chip in the, eventually the Pelicans are going to have, are going to trade for the next disgruntled star. And they're going to say, we can bring you in around Zion and Brandon Ingram. And they can make that trade without leaving themselves barren because they're going to just have so many picks to, to use. And not all of their, those picks are going to be their own. So in that respect, and the fact that the Pelicans are going to probably look at a little bit of a a roster crunch here and a a situation where there aren't a lot of minutes to go around for all of these young guys to find the development. And is there going to be a G league? If there is a G league, how functional is it going to be? All of those things, you know, go in those, those are all ingredients to this cake in terms of do we, how many young guys do we really want to have on this roster? do we have the minutes, especially when you're talking about this season where it's going to be a compressed schedule, there's going to be less practice time. You you might not want to have too many young guys that all need development time and the G league really isn't happening and we don't have a lot of practice time. So I I see that both as a short term 
and a long-term win for the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans have 10 players under contract right now that are, you know, confirmed uh, heading into the offseason. Of course, that is subject to change, and I'm sure that it probably will. Uh, but with that being said, it is going to be abbreviated, like Fish said. It, it does feel like an arms race right now between David Griffin and Sam Presti. They're almost waiting for the next shoe to drop, the next superstar to get unhappy. Uh, once they do, it's going to be between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think right now, as a Pelicans fan, you have to feel really good about where you are. Uh, Sam Presti might have a few additional picks, but just in terms of the foundational talent you've got zion and brandon ingram versus shea pretty much essentially and i think the pelicans win that battle uh pretty much across the board let's go ahead and grade this and get out of here because it's getting pretty late we'll go over to kevin and um uh i don't know if we went through the specifics i think we did but basically rj hampton for a future lottery protected pick that's probably going to convert because i think uh nicola Jokic right now is 25 uh jamal murray's 24 and michael porter jr according to the consensus is going to be a future all-star so with three all-stars on their roster of course that's going to convert by 2023 so the pelicans pick that up they get kyra lewis what is your grade kevin yeah um well i I did like the kyra lewis pick um and uh you know ollie sent us a group message i don't know if you guys already talked about this or not but we should say how successful the number 13 pick has been in the last few draft historically in the drafts so it's a good sign for him that way as well but i think he you know he allows lonzo to play a little bit more as a catch and shoot guy in the half court takes some pressure off of him and uh you know lets him throw those lobs in half court so i I did really like that pick um i was hoping Vassal would fall to us, but that didn't happen. But I'm, I'm there. You know, I was really high on Killian Hayes. I felt like we needed that kind of player. Um, and I think we got not the same kind of player, but another guy who's a pick and roll dynamo, who's uh, but is a lot more athletic if he's smaller. You know, that's the, the main problem with him is, is his size. But hopefully he can develop, maybe even grow a couple inches still because he's so young. Um, as far as the RJ Hampton thing, I, my issue with that is, well, first off, I would have really liked to get Desmond Bain. Um, I thought he would have been a good fit here, a six-six guy who could shoot, pass, and play defense. Um, that you know, that sounds like everything we need on the wing. Um, but with RJ, I feel like the asset of the the player this time could possibly turn out to be better than the pick that we're getting in the future for it. Because, you know, he has all those tools. He just needs to develop. He won't be rushed onto the court. And I think he's going to be a tantalizing guy at some point that people will really like. And I think in terms of trade value perspective, I think by the time we get to that, where we're starting to move that 2023 pick that we got from Denver for something else, that teams might be actually more interested in acquiring R.J. Hampton instead of just another lottery-protected future pick. But... So I thought we could have done more with the second pick, whether that's to get a player to immediate impact. Although I understand we don't want to develop too many young guys at once. And we already have a bunch of young guys to develop. Um, but I thought there was some guys that filled needs that, that were there. And I also thought hanging on to the asset that we got might've worked out better um, in terms of trade return later on. Um, but overall solid trade, you know, you got, you filled some needs, uh, uh, I mean, sorry, solid draft. I'm going to give it a B plus, I guess, um, you know, considering that Kira Lewis is, is widely considered the right guy for, for the spot we're in. I think every mock draft picked him to go there. Um, so it's hard to argue with 
with the, a consensus pick like that and you see his highlights and you see the potential where he could be a De'Aaron Fox kind of player, um, that that works for me. Um, I was just a little disappointed at the back end there. Yeah, I think we were all kind of hoping for a wing, and we talked about that before you you joined us. Uh, news flying in fast and furious. Um, some of the guys that Elliot was talking about are are off the board. Jaden McDaniels, Desmond Bain, all these guys are gone now. Uh, big mega trade. Uh, somehow the Dallas Mavericks acquired Josh Richardson, and Seth Curry is going to Philadelphia, where he uh, is married to Doc Rivers' daughter, apparently. I'm totally out of the loop. Elliot, go ahead and dive on into the trade. David Griffin's... Um, performance tonight and not only tonight but just tied into last year of course you've got Didi, you've got jackson you've got nikhail what do you think of of trajan and griffin's um uh, ability to navigate draft night not just this year but overall yeah in two years they've they've done a lot and they're still a a boatload to do yet with the way the roster is currently put together and i'll be able to to give you a probably a better uh, offer on an overall grade once this is all done and once the roster is set in stone. But from what I've seen, you know, last year, obviously Zion was, that, that was done. That was done before the draft even happened. Jackson Hayes was iffy. I know how fish feels about Jackson Hayes and we know hero went after him and Brandon Clark went after uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, but these are, these are good players. Jackson Hayes continues to be a high ceiling guy. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that he pans out, especially from what we've seen so far, but, um, after tonight, they're going for what they believe to be the best player available. They're not going by need. Um, I, I like that a lot. They're obviously looking towards the future and, and we all hit it already, but they've got this plethora of picks, this, this treasure trove of picks for the future and they also got a really good player tonight um and, and i think that's a win-win and I, I think kev hit it on the head with with a b plus i think that's solid was it perfect no but it was it was a good draft he came away with a really really good young player who has a high floor and a high ceiling and they they got more assets so so they've impressed me so far all right, last question. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this one. I'm going to kick over the hornet's nest. I know that based on this draft selection of Kyra Lewis, the end is probably nigh for Mr. Frank Jackson. However, uh, Fish, the Pelicans are still in desperate need of a guy who can kind of man the three, the four, defend, um, you know, be be versatile, kind of take those assignments that Brandon Ingram doesn't really uh, want to shoulder at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. A guy like Kenrich, Williams there there are five available slots on this roster there are two that are likely to be moved in Eric Bledsoe and and George Hill it seems as if Kenrich might survive fish there are five fingers that go slack as well (laughs) no 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 (laughs) um that's really all I have to say on that here here's what I will say is that um, wait, wait, Fish, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this. Uh, 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 I think it's Emperor Palpatine in in Star Wars. I want to say Revenge of the Sith when he looks at Samuel Jackson and he goes, "No, no, no." <laughs> exactly. So, um, so here here's what I will say is that right now the Pelicans have four point guard adjacent players on the roster as well as J.J. Redick, who is a, a smaller guard that 
you know, is potentially hunted on defense. I expect at least one of those guys gone, um, either Bledsoe or Hill. Um, I lean more towards Bledsoe being gone because um, he might want to be someplace where he's going to be on a winner and the Pelicans might be very protective of the atmosphere in the locker room and don't want to bring in a guy who might not be all in to be here right away. Um, so I would expect that Bledsoe is going to be traded probably within the next week, um, hopefully within like the next 48 hours. Um, and I, I would expect that the Pelicans didn't plan on filling needs in the draft because you don't fill needs in the draft. You draft the if, if a smart team drafts the best player available and hopefully eventually he develops into being a great player and he fills a slot. You don't draft a guy saying, oh, we need a small forward. Let's draft a small forward. And then we're going to put a rookie out there who's probably going to be bad and hope he just grows into the spot. I expect the Pelicans, what they're going to do over the next 48 to 90, and, you know, as the Milwaukee Bucks trade is finalized, et cetera, is that they are going to fill out their roster and guys who are going to play in the rotation. Um who those guys are going to be, I don't know. Um, one guy I, I would think may be available, and the Pelicans have plenty of first round future first-round picks and assets that it might make sense for them um, would be Kelly Oubre with um, Oklahoma City, recently he traded, traded from Phoenix. He um, got traded to Memphis. Uh, Memphis today. Oh, he got traded to Memphis today. I, I completely missed that, too. I don't know where we all were when that happened. <laughs> I didn't even see that one. So never mind on that one. But um, so not Ubre, but um another another wing player. Um, one of the things that I did see, I think Sam Vicenzi um put out today, it was either him or Kevin O'Connor. Somebody said uh, that the Pelicans have been heavily attached, according to sources around the league, to Aaron Baines. So there's obviously a big uh a rotation center um that might be coming in as well. Um and the Pelicans will fill out the rotation with, you know, either their, I don't, I don't expect that they're going to operate as a, a below the cap team, but the MLE, the um, biannual exception, um, if they, if they need to use that, and then the trade of either Hill or, or Bledsoe is how they're going to kind of fill things out from here. So that, that's my expectation. Um they could, I mean, they have to fill out, they have to, they have to field a team and the best way to fill out the roster is going to be with vets. But for tonight, what they did and what they accomplished and the kind of message that they sent by drafting the best player available and not by need, I'd give it an A minus. Thank you guys so much. Uh, my baby girl is starting to stir because I did a, a hilarious Emperor Palpatine impression that probably was far too loud. <laughs> so. We just did just select Elijah Hughes out of uh, Syracuse, by the way. Okay, do you know? Can you give us he's a quick a rundown? He's a forward. We're uh, making progress. Okay. Well, uh, they're saying he's out on ESPN. Sorry. Kill me. What just happened? <laughs> I, I don't know anything about him. So if anybody oh, perfect. Uh, we'll cover that tomorrow. I'm sure David will be back. He had, uh, he had two. Talk, by the way. 
Yeah, he just got traded. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's going great for our heroes. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. I know I'm out of practice, so I appreciate your patience. Uh, David Grubb will be back. He is in recovery right now. I think he had two teeth removed in addition to his regular workload. Uh, So we hope that he recovers quickly. Ollie, of course, is hard at work, not just uh, writing up recaps on all of this, but he's also uh, conducting player interviews, talking to members of the Pelican staff. So we appreciate all the work that he's doing Uh, for our team. uh, You can follow Fish at Fish underscore TBW at uh kevin b for bounce and at elliot clough i think it's one l and then uh c-l-o-u g-h you you were right there you were right there (laughs) oh man it's late i i am failing you guys but uh thank you guys so much for taking the time i know that we kind of flew through this so i appreciate you guys uh great stuff as always um and if you guys haven't already go ahead and give the listen to uh this morning's podcast with david grubb and this team uh kind of recapping everything over the past few days Uh, a really really great listening and these guys are hilarious for now if you guys can do us a favor just go ahead like our podcast give us a five-star review and of course do the same for Elliot at Believe. Um, If you guys haven't already, subscribe to that. And for now, thanks for listening. Let's dance and let's go Pels. Thank you for listening to the Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today.